Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Yes, this is Edmonton's finest purveyor of canned hams inside sports on 6.30. Jed, three minutes left in the first period. It is Calgary and Toronto. It is a 1-1 tie. Valamaki, an early goal for the Flames. Milan Lucic in career game number 1,000 got an assist. He later got into a fight with Scott Sabrin. He needs the goal for the Gordie Howe hat trick. Replying for Toronto with his 15th of the season. A player that my mother has an inexplicable and seething hatred of, Zach Hyman, has scored for the Toronto Maple Leafs. My mother hates Zach Hyman and has already texted me upset that he scored today. Rangers lead the Devils 1-0 early in the second period. Zabenejad, the goal scorer there for the Rangers. I don't think my mom hates him. Capitals up 4-1 on the Flyers at the start of the second period. Backstrom with a goal. He now has 14 on the year. And starting the second period, Sabres and Bruins. Yes, Sabres and Bruins are in a 1-1 tie. Miller and Krejci, the goal scorers in that game. Of course, those two teams uh, connected on, well, late Sunday night for a pretty uh, pretty significant trade. Curtis Lazar in the lineup. He played four and a half minutes in the first period. Taylor Hall wearing number 71 for the Boston Bruins, has a shot on goal. He played four minutes and 20 seconds. We'll keep you updated on all of those throughout the evening. The Blue Jays lead the Yankees 3-0. That's in the top of the fourth. And the Atlanta Hawks lead the Toronto Raptors 28-27 at the end of the first quarter. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can get in touch, 780-496-0063. I know there have been a few matchups this year where people have said to me, Reed, I don't know who to cheer for. What do I do? Calgary, Toronto, often mentioned in those terms. So that has inspired my Twitter poll tonight. And as we know, Twitter polls, 100% official and entirely reflective of what the general population thinks and or feels. So if you are inclined to, my goodness, 267 people have voted already. I put the poll up about, when did I put it up? At 5.59 p.m. It's been up nine and a half minutes 325 people have voted. It's live until 8 o'clock, which is when this show ends. So here's the question for Oilers fans, and you can also text me in or or send me a letter or email or whatever. For Oilers fans, if a North Division team wins the Cup and it's not the Oilers, you'd want it to be Montreal, Toronto, Winnipeg. Three choices. I'm not putting Vancouver, Calgary, and Ottawa on there because they're not going to make the playoffs. So they're not going to have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. And this only applies to this year because there won't be a North Division next year. So if a North Division team wins the Cup and it's not the Oilers, you'd want it to be which of the other three playoff teams? Winnipeg with a healthy lead. I thought they would have a healthy lead. I didn't think it would be this healthy. 74.5% for the Winnipeg Jets. Montreal at 17.2 and Toronto at 8.3%. Surprise, surprise, 
Toronto the least popular pick in oil country to see them do well. They got a good team. They they're they are a heavy favorite to win the North Division. There is no other way to put it. A heavy, 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 H E E V E E favorite to win the North Division. Beyond that, we'll see. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Kellen Kennedy is back at the 630 Chet Broadcasting Compound after a four-day weekend. Kellen, old boy, how are you doing? Doing great. How about you, Reader? Good. Now, later on tonight, so I want you to prep your notes, I want a WrestleMania recap, because that is why you took the long weekend, is it not? So you yeah, that's correct. So you digest WrestleMania. Yeah, about 90%, so if, <laughs> for sure. I will have notes ready, and I will have answers I, to I, any I, questions you might I have. want them handwritten. Okay. And... Uh, and uh, no, sorry, I want them typed. Okay. And then we can post them on the bulletin board at work. Uh, and then I'll print up a bunch mm. of copies and I'll hang them on lamp posts in my neighborhood so people can read them as well. So- Sound fair? Sounds great. I got Halsey's typewriter right beside me. He's let me borrow the typewriter for tonight. So <laughs> that's awesome. Trent says that's easy. Winnipeg all the way. Jeremy from Glendon. He says, hey, Reed, no Twitter here, but I would love to see the Winnipeg Jets win it simply because I have a soft spot in my heart as a child for the Atlanta Thrashers. <laughs> Forget about the original Winnipeg Jets of Dale Howarchuk and Doug Smale and Daniel Berthome and Dave Ellett, all those guys. Jeremy, Jeremy wants the Atlanta Thrashers franchise to win the Stanley Cup. Jeremy, that's classic. How are things in the pierogi, by the way? You still got your apartment there? Well, this is a good one from John. Getting a little dark here with John. Is it too early in the evening to read something this dark, John? He says, Reed, I think I'll just cheer for a meteor to hit the arena when Toronto plays Calgary. <laughs> uh, see, John, you're going to get me on a tangent here. Because I, I, I'm watching the t- uh, television show The Expanse, which is, if you like science fiction, it's a really good show. My buddy recommended it to me. And I'm into the fifth season, which is the last season they have right now. I think eventually they're going to make more. And let's just say there is an act of aggression using aimed meteors. So maybe that's why that you just, if anybody watched The Expanse, you can let me know as well. Tony the Pizza Boy. Says, I'd say Montreal because we most like most we most likely won't be playing them, and I hate Toronto. I want us to make it past the first round. The Big L text again. So I got a little more. If you if you're one of the 14 people that listens to the show every night, then you know that we have some regular textures, and the Big L is uh, one of the most entertaining. I won't call him like the flat out most entertaining because that would go to his head. But I got some more information about the Big L. Uh, the big L. So picture the picture the beginning of the video for uh, I. You don't know what you got till it's gone by Cinderella. The beach and the guy playing the piano on the beach. That is very similar to Big L's life. He's got the beach. Uh, he's got the piano. He's got the long black robe, uh, shirtless underneath, kind of a comfy pair of pants. That's the Big L uh, listening to the show, composing ballads on his piano and uh, texting as he does so. The Big L says, I must admit, we got to play that song later on now. Can we get can we, can we get Dodo what you got till it's gone from Cinderella coming Absolutely, back? Absolutely, yeah. We got to have that next now. Maybe, or maybe the Big L can record what a rendition that he did and send it in. 
The Big L says, Reed, I must admit, I've started watching other North Division teams more because of potential matchups with the Oilers. So if the Oilers can't win, I suppose I would cheer for the Jets. However, the Leafs have gone all in. In fact, and based on the moves they made and the Toronto media frenzy, they might very well be so good as to do the unthinkable and win multiple Stanley Cups this summer. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's pretty good. That's that, Maybe that's the spin we should put on it. Just uh, so if the Leafs do win the Stanley Cup, we can still spin it on this show to make it sound like a failure. That they're so good, they should have won the Stanley Cup more than once in the same season. Anything, that's the new standard. Anything more than multiple Stanley Cups in 2021 would be a shortcoming for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Hey, they are good. They uh, they are very good in all seriousness. Which, well, th- this show is not all seriousness. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. All right. Uh, 780-496-0063. The Oilers back at practice today. Brian Nugent Hopkins did not practice with the main group. He skated beforehand, didn't take part in practice. Dave Tippett said he was going to get a further update on Nuge in the afternoon. We'll see if he can join them on the ice tomorrow. They are hoping that he can play Friday in Vancouver. That game is right here on 630 Shed with the face-off show at 530. The game will commence at 7. Slater Cuckoo was out on the ice before practice. I uh, posted a picture of him. It's a very... I, I wasn't sure I was going to put the picture on Twitter because it's 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 quality is similar to the famous Bigfoot picture. It's about that blurry. So I thought people are either going to think that this is Slater Cuckoo or unconfirmed evidence of Bigfoot. Hopefully you can tell it's Slater Cuckoo. He did take some shots, skated around a little bit, didn't stay for practice, went off the ice before practice started, but they're hoping he can come back in May or uh, in the playoffs and uh, play defense for the Oilers once again. So that's an update with the injuries. Dmitry Kulikov, you know, obviously he's not available till the game on the 26th, Monday, April 26th, as Ken Holland said yesterday, likely to be his first game with the Oilers. So he's going to miss this set of four and six and then be able to get into action after that, hopefully. And uh, Dave Tippett commented on Kulikov today. Depth at defense. He's a veteran defenseman. played a lot of games, played kind of a real shutdown penalty kill role that uh, I think will help our group. You know, we've got to get him here, get him up and going before we figure out where exactly he fits in. But uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see when he gets here. But I like that he's a real good veteran. You talk to people about him; he's a real good pro. Does whatever it takes to help a team win, and uh, so I think he'll he'll be a benefit to our lineup. All right. So Dmitry Kulikov, uh, yeah, I mean, I think those are reasonable expectations. He's not going to transform the entire team. He's not going to transform the blue line. I do think he will help. And speaking of the matchups within the North, I think he'll help against Montreal. I think he'll help against Winnipeg. Toronto can throw a lot at you. Um, you know, I mean, like we said, they, they are the favorites. This texture says the Maple Leafs are good comparative to the North division. How will the North do against the South? Well, Jack Michaels is coming on and he can talk about how the civil war went. Mm-hmm. Also, Tippett was asked about uh, just the team post trade deadline. How does he think they're feeling? How does he think they're looking? What do they have to do? Our goal at the start of the year was continue to improve all the way through and, and keep building our game. And, that's the discussion we had as a group today that this is our team going forward. We've got to continue to build. There's some things that 
I think we have to improve, uh, you know, to secure a, a, a playoff spot. And then if you get a chance to play in the playoffs, you, you get in there and your game's in order. So we talked about that as a group today. You know, we've got 14 games left in the regular season. We've got to use all 14 of them to make sure we're improving our game. If we are in a playoff spot, then hopefully our team's ready to go. But for the most part, I, I like the way our guys have really pushed to try to improve, pushed to try to become a better team. And we've done that to this point. Now we've got to continue it. All right, a little bit there from Dave Tippett. You can get me on the CertainTeed hotline, 780-496-0063, CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. Cam, i got to take a break first, then you're up first on the open line. you got we gotta do it from the beginning the piano intro is awesome the chorus is pretty good too the big l says uh, hey reed i thought the expanse was a show about innovations in middle-aged men's comfortable pants that's pretty funny actually we got cam on the line as well cam reed, go ahead buddy question. Reed, do it. question bouchard hasn't played in a while eh so what Correct. does he have to do to get to play to talk to the coach the assistant coach what does he have to do to kind of say, hey, I want to play a game? Uh, well, I, 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 I agree with you, first of all, that it's unfortunate he's not playing. Uh, I, I don't think it's a matter of him talking to the coach or doing anything different. I just think they're at the point where they're more comfortable playing the other guys ahead of him right now. That's, that's really all I can tell you. Yeah, it's been tough for Bouchard. I mean, I, I, I understand that that is uh, a, a bone to pick with a lot of people. And at some points throughout the year with me too, because I would have liked to see him. But I, I think overall they feel the team is doing pretty well. A couple of games, well, a few games when Bouchard played, he didn't wind up playing a lot. So I don't think there's the comfort right now with the coaching staff. Um and they haven't sent him to Bakersfield, um, you know, I think because they, they still wanted to have him around. And if you go down, you get a quarantine. And then if you come back up, you get a quarantine. But but I would agree that this has been somewhat, I don't want to call it a lost season for Evan Bouchard, but it is uh, not the best possible scenario. And, and I think that's probably one thing about this year. And, I'm, you know, sitting here now, still a few games to go before, the playoffs, but one of the things you could look at the Oilers and say, man, it's too bad this played out this way because ideally you want players playing games and you want young players playing games. And I know somebody asked a few weeks ago, well, why don't they call up Marody, McLeod and Benson and make them the third line here? Well, I think they're better off being the alpha dogs in Bakersfield. Now, you know, maybe it may be later when the Condor season is over. Sure, you could see those guys uh, join the Oilers roster, and who knows if they might get into a play. I doubt they all would. Maybe McLeod would. I think he's the best prospect out of the three right now. But that's a. But I. I don't think it's a matter of that Bouchard hasn't worked hard enough in practice or hasn't to you know talk to the coaches. I think. I think they talk to him. I think they let him know where he stands. 
Um, I don't think they want to put him on the left side. Obviously, they they already have some left side defensemen, and they went out and got another one at the trade deadline. So unfortunately, I think Bouchard just kind of has to wait his opportunity, and probably next year he's going to be a full time guy on the Oilers. So anyway, fair question from Cam, but um, and I, he might play. He still might play before the end of the season, but it's looking like a situation where he's clearly not going to play a ton. Also, the Memorial Cup, there will not be one. They have uh, the, the Canadian Hockey League canceling the 2021 Memorial Cup. Ryan King retiring from the CFL. He will join me between 7 and 7.30 tonight. Drafted back in 2012, played junior football for the Wildcats, went to St. Mary's. Pretty good career. He's been working with the Players Association, so Ryan King stepping away. And I got to thank Joel from Houston, who actually emailed last night's homework assignment. He actually sent it this morning. I gave a homework assignment on Inside Sports. A couple of you texted in immediately. I think I read one of them last night. Uh, I'll try to get to Joel's answer on the homework assignment a little bit later on, but I want to acknowledge, Joel, that I got it, and I appreciate it that you uh, actually did it. Jack Michaels coming up next, Inside Sports on Chet. and the Oilers on the ice at practice today. They will play in Vancouver on Friday. Of course, it's on 6.30, Chad. Face-off show at 5.30. The game will start at 7. The Flames have just scored on the power play to go up 2-1 against Toronto. Lindholm with his 11th of the season, 34 seconds into the second period. Luch, career game number 1,000, has an assist and a fight. Predators already up 3-0 on the Lightning, 14 minutes into the first period. The Predators, a team that has uh, turned it around a bit over the last month or so. Rangers leading the Devils 1-0 after two. Late second period, Capitals all over the Flyers. It's 5-1. Anthony Mantha has scored in that game for the Caps. And the Bruins lead the Sabres 2-1 with seven and a half minutes to go in the second period. Uh, Coming up in a few minutes, it's the Panthers and the Stars. Just keeping an eye on Taylor Hall's stats as well. He is now at uh, seven and a half minutes of ice time. Curtis Lazar getting quite a bit of ice time tonight. He's played 7-0-4. Blue Jays lead the Yankees 5-0 in the fifth, and basketball tonight at the half. The Hawks up 66-54 on the Raptors. Drysaddle and McDavid pour back across the line and into the zone. Drysaddle shot, he scores! Ties it over the left shoulder of Jacob Markstrom, and Drysaddle staying hot. His seventh goal in the last five games, 3 all. There we go, a little Jack Michaels play-by-play. He and Cam Moon handle the radio play-by-play duties on 630 Chet and the Oilers Radio Network. And as we bring Jack onto the show, I have to read some audience feedback from someone, Jack, who has uh, never written into my show before, and we can tell with the texting history that that is, is indeed the case. And this person says, hi, Reed, first time, well, they say caller, but they're actually a texter. Now, th- this person put, put some thought into this, Jack. Just have to let you know, Jack Michaels is the biggest loudmouth, screaming, arrogant, loudmouth blank I've ever listened to. If he's doing a Sportsnet game, I have to mute it. Why doesn't he just call a game instead of trying to impress everyone how smart he is? And then the final sentence of this text, Jack, is nothing but a big mouth. And the cherry on top is they used a little emoji of a big mouth at the end of the text. 
You know, the problem is I have too much family up here. <laughs> that is. That's, oh, that's amazing. Well, to that texture, you're welcome to share your opinion, and I have shared it with the subject of your uh, criticism. Well, I mean, I will... you, you've, given them, you've given them some airtime. You've given them uh, an audience. So, you know, mission accomplished for him. So, no, it's all right. I, he's not the first to say that, nor is he the last, nor is he entirely inaccurate. Yeah, I was gonna say I only agree with I only agree with about half of what he said. So yeah, we'll just leave exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> I, I I agree with probably sixty five percent of it. <laughs> that's, oh, that's great. I anyway, don't know how I, I I am a, a little bit. Uh, I'm I'm curious how arrogance bleeds through the radio, but I I suppose it could. I you know, I'm usually the smartest person you know, so. Uh, well, no comment there. Uh, Tony the Pizza Boy says, <laughs> "Tony the Pizza Boy says I love Jack. I love his energy." So there we go. It's fifty-fifty. That's that's really how life usually goes. How, how are you doing? I feel like I haven't had a chance. To, I know you were on a show uh, last week, but we've kind of had a, a weird a weird schedule. How have you been, buddy? I've been good. I was going to say, didn't we talk last week? <laughs> I can't. I think I was. On I, your but show I can't last remember what week. game that was. Was that just? Were you just on on Saturday? It feels like longer than that since we talked. Yes, I, I was on your show Saturday, but you know, whatever. It's all good. I I know you pine away for me when uh, you don't get enough of my mellifluous voice. But uh, you know what? I'm 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 very hopeful that uh, everything goes as planned on on Friday. I mean, to be honest with you, it's you know a bit of a you know a bit of a subject of consternation. I mean, I'm I I have it on my schedule. I'm looking forward to the game. I just you know I hope it comes off. I, I you know we're not quite at the finish line yet. So uh, you know as soon as the puck is dropped on Friday, I can relax. But you know, and it's really not just about keeping the integrity of the season or any of that stuff. It's it's more about just concerned for you know a, a pretty significant uptick in vancouver and bc and and just hope everyone stands safe well yeah and this is part of part of the story of the season is all the delays and teams getting hit by covid and you know we hope that we hope this is it and this is not by any means first of all look as we know, Jack, it is not a great situation for a team to be. I'm just double checking about the point differential now. Uh, it's not a great situation for a team to be 10 points out of the playoffs with 19 games remaining. Like you're pretty much done. Uh, and then you got what are they, what are they at? 19 games in 30 days. And who knows if they're all going to feel 100% when they get back to practice and then play the Oilers on Friday. I just well, don't know. I mean, this could be a real slog. I mean, they'll have had 23 days off by that point, and most of those not on the ice. Uh, and most of the players will probably have, you know, what one full practice under them. I mean, I, I you know, after a after a more than three week break, it's it's pretty significant. Having said that, you know, we saw what happened, and and Montreal responded after an eight day layoff. Now that was eight days, not 23, but. They came out with a lot of energy. The Oilers didn't have much. They were playing the second of a back-to-back and, and the first of two rescheduled games that have kind of, you know, not been their forte. And and quite frankly, I don't blame them. I mean, the one thing is, uh, you know, Edmonton is, look, it, we're, we're all in a pandemic and, and everyone's had to make sacrifices and, and it's not worked out the way anyone had intended. But, 
The Oilers have a tough back-to-back this weekend. It's a whiplash back-to-back. They're going west to play Vancouver. They'll fly back over their home city and have to play, uh, you know, Winnipeg on, on Saturday. The good thing, you know, from an Edmonton perspective is Winnipeg is going to be playing its fourth game in six nights too. So, uh, you know, that'll help mitigate some of the fatigue. But uh, the biggest thing for the Oilers is, is to, number one, play a healthy Vancouver team on Friday. And number two, just... You know, Adam Larson said it best today, you know, having the games dropped off a little bit, even in some of the victories. And and I think sometimes a week of, of practice and, and more than anything, a week at home, even though there's no home games, uh, you know, he said it was pretty significant to just, you know, be back in your home city, back in your home living space. It, it does make a difference as opposed to sitting in a hotel room on the road. And look, these guys stay in nice hotels, but they're also human beings. No one likes to sit in a room you know for days on end so i'm sure they're relieved to be back home if only for a little bit jack michaels joining us tonight on inside sports uh five and a half minutes into the second period in calgary the flames lead or in toronto pardon me the flames lead the maple leafs 2-1 look the toronto's the team to beat i i think even more now than they were going into the weekend uh, you know i don't think we expected edmonton to do much and i think they would have had to make i i don't know if they could have even made enough moves to surpass the the maple leafs anyway the to me the jets were surprisingly quiet and montreal made you know one move and i think made a key move a couple of weeks ago when they got eric stall but i i really think more than ever jack it's the leafs division it's the Leafs division to win. I don't know how much, how they stack up against who they're ever they, they could play in the semifinals. That's so long away. We don't have any cross division play, but I mean, look, they got three captains in depth roles on their roster. They got, uh, you know, a seemingly uh, endless supply of, of goaltenders that they can throw in there, though. I know you can debate maybe uh, who the number one is, but like they're legitimate. This might be the best Leafs team in our lifetime, quite frankly. You know, I'm not sure about that. I, 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 you know, I don't know whether they're, I don't know whether I'd make them the favorite. And I, I realize that sounds a little silly. I mean, the others in the division. Like, no, I, I, I can't, I can't say I'd make them an overwhelming favorite. No, I, I, re- I really don't. I, the others have gone three, five and one against the Leafs. I don't know off the top of my head, what Winnipeg's record is, is against them. Uh, you know, Edmonton's four and two against the Jets. I, I don't think there's a clear favorite. I really don't. I, I, I wouldn't say Toronto's the team to beat. I honestly wouldn't. And I'm not sure this is the best. I, that's, that's a tough, that's a tough thing to say, Reed, because they're not facing the rest of the league. I, you know, we, we don't know how they would have gone on a, you know what they would have done on a Southern California road trip or a, or a trip through Colorado and Vegas. We don't know how Edmonton would have done either. I'm not, you know, I'm not giving one standard to one team and, and not to another. I just, you know, I think about in our lifetime, uh, you know, the 93, 94 Leafs, I think started 10 and 0, uh, went to a conference final, the 92, 93, uh, Leafs, of course, came within a, a non-call of maybe going to a Stanley Cup final. Those were two pretty good Leafs teams with with real good players and Wendell Clark and Doug Gilmore and and uh, Felix Potvin and Nat. I, I wouldn't. I w- I'm not ready to put this Toronto team in that class right now. I, I honestly am not. Uh, they're playing against six other teams. 
and we don't know how good this North division is in comparison to the rest of the other divisions. Now, we don't know how good the other divisions are either, but I'm not ready to say what you just said, Uh, either as a clear favorite to win the North or the best Leafs team in our lifetime. I I would say we're a long way from being ready to say that, in my opinion. Here's the Leafs against each team. Six and two against the Flames, finishing off the series tonight. Six, one and two against the Oilers. Four and two against the Canadians. Five, two and one against the Senators. Three and two against the Canucks. And four and two against the Jets. So that's so Toronto against... against. They have the same record against the Jets that the Oilers do, and and they've been better head to head against Edmonton. Most most apparently in that in that three game sweep in Edmonton. But since then. Uh, and and starting with then, uh, you you said it. You know who is their number one goaltender? Is it Jack? You know Jack Campbell's obviously been perfect. I mean he's he's been he's been terrific. He's he's been really good. And there's nothing there's nothing bad I could say about Jack Campbell. What was his first loss last the other night? Correct. Yeah, like you want what? What did he win his first? What did he get up to twelve, ten, whatever it was? Like I think he might. I think he might have gotten to eleven. So I mean, right. look, if, if Jack Campbell's your guy, well, that's great. He's played well. He's also had problems staying healthy, and he's he's never really been tested in the, in the postseason crucible. Um, I'm not sure Edmonton doesn't have the best goaltending in the division, you know, right now. Now you could say Connor Hellebuck and, and and you know what? Connor Hellebuck in the last month has been the best goaltender in the division. Uh, I'm, if I'm Winnipeg, I'm not, I'm not thrilled with what's behind him. Uh, I, I think as you rightfully point out, the jets were pretty quiet at the deadline too. I like Edmonton's acquisition of Kulikov more than I like Winnipeg's acquisition of Jordy Bent. Now, you know, there's there's a debate as to whose back end is stronger. I would suggest it's Edmonton's. I, I think they've got a better defense. Um, forwards, depth-wise, I would I would say the the edge goes to Winnipeg. But you know, five on five, the Oilers' depth forwards have have done better than anyone else in the division. I mean, Winnipeg's you know theoretically deeper down the middle, but. You know, that's offset by what McDavid and Drysaddle has done as a tandem. Uh, Toronto's pretty deep. I mean, there's no question about it. They, you know, that acquisition, though, brings them more of what they already have in Nick Foligno. Uh, They already have Jason Spezza, Joe Thornton, Wayne Simmons, three veteran guys who bring leadership who are also still fairly productive at this stage of their career. But, you know, technically, Joe Thornton has more points per game this year than Nick Foligno does. So did they just kind of replicate what they already had did they need another leader i don't know i mean maybe they did maybe maybe that'll push them over the top i mean i nick felino's a hell of a player hell of a human being i enjoy talking to him but they already had added to their room in that regard so i'm not sure it wasn't a bit of a duplicitous move uh i'm not saying edmonton's the favorite i'm just saying i'm not sure toronto's the clear favorite all right. Well, I think I mean, they are. They've got a we'll good see. record, Reed. I, there's no question they've got a good record. I know people are saying, Jack, Reed just ran off the records. What more do you need to hear? Well, I, I, I'm just telling you, I, 
I am not convinced. I, I'm not convinced there's a clear favorite that's been established in this division. I, I'm not convinced a team like Montreal can't. What? Who's to say Montreal can't get back to the force they were earlier in the season? And if their goaltenders get rolling, then may, they, maybe the Canadians have the best goaltending in the division. I mean, I, you know, when Montreal's rolling, they're a tough team to beat. Uh, I. I, I as I look at these four teams, Reed, I don't think there's a great degree of separation. And trust me, Leafs Nation is out there saying there is, and and I get it. They've got a heck of a record. Um, but I, when I just look at personnel and I, I think about most of the games, other than the three-game series in Edmonton, where Toronto proved it was clearly the superior team, but the other three sets of games were dead even. Uh, so we're we're putting a lot of stock in one series if we're saying that Toronto was the clear favorite. And yes, but I, I'm putting a lot of stock in what happened over the last few days. That that I think they were a little bit better than Edmonton as it is, and and I think they. But don't I think you think they made they good additions? That, what did they add that they didn't have before? Would be my question. Right, but that's what I'm saying. You add players who on most teams would be playing higher in the lineup than they will be on the Leafs, and that's to the very definition of depth. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and well, I, I mean, I, I, I think there's an argument to be made that Toronto has a, a deeper set of forwards. I, I do. I, I absolutely... I absolutely think they they do have a deeper set of forwards than Edmonton, though the numbers at five on five wouldn't necessarily suggest that. The Oilers have the Oilers have gotten you know contributions that are that are a little greater than I think a lot of people you know realize that are out there. Having said that, yes, on paper Toronto's deeper at the forward position. I don't know that. Uh, you know, I don't know that they have the best defenseman in the division anymore. I, I think that best defenseman might, you know, Darnell Nurse might have taken that mail away from Morgan Riley. Uh, you know, I don't know. You can make you can make an argument that he that he has. Uh, and and goaltending wise, it always is a little a little concerning if you don't know for sure who you're starting in game one of the playoffs. I can tell you right now, the Oilers are starting Mike Smith. And the way he's played this year, I think he gives Edmonton a, a chance to maybe have the best goalie in the playoff field, in, in the in the North Division playoff field. We haven't said that for, for a long time. Um, you know, even, even Cam Talbot, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, he, Mike Smith has had that season, and, and maybe – Maybe one notch higher in terms of the swagger. I'm not so sure. But I, I, all, all right. I know is that he's added an element that that leads me to think Edmonton is, is not necessarily a huge underdog in any series they play. And for me, it's tough to separate the four, Reed. It really is. Jack, this was the loudest segment I've ever been involved in. Thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> you, so you've got Toronto one, and then who do you have? Do you have it in order of standings right now? Uh, I think the toughest matchups. I actually, Jack, I gotta go. We gotta go because I got Ryan King coming up. I, the toughest matchup for the Oilers is Montreal, then Toronto, then Winnipeg. That's what I think. I'd agree with that. All right, that I'd is Jack Michaels. That. that is Jack Michaels. Inside Sports on Chet.
you got a little over an hour to vote in my guaranteed to be representative of the entire population Twitter poll. For Oilers fans, if a North Division team wins the Cup and it's not the Oilers, you'd want it to be. 79% Winnipeg, 14% Montreal, 7% Toronto. David Bowles in the 630 Chad Newsroom. Check again. Bowlesy, how's it going? Not too bad, big fella. How are you? Did, did you now did you vote in this poll, or do you not consider yourself the target audience? Uh, well, uh, as someone who wants to maintain impartiality, I thought it was important to keep my voice separate, though I got to say that those figures do not surprise me whatsoever. Now, do you, are you comfortable sharing the National Hockey League team that you support? Yeah, so it's much my deepest shame and regrets that I was born and raised a Leaf fan. Uh, we all make mistakes, do forgive me. But where are, were, did you, were you raised in Ontario? I don't even know. No, so I was raised here, but my mother from her early age said, you should watch Sunday, and I like coming from there on out. It wasn't really so much of a choice. But uh, you know what? It was, I, I've liked them since, and we're still trying to you know, get over the sadness that's caused me. Wow, and you grew up in Edmonton and you're a Leafs fan. That is uh, awkward for everybody. Oh, my father's still trying to atone for that mistake too, don't worry. No, who, who does your father cheer for? Uh, my dad's Bruins fan because uh, he said oh he, could not, stomach I, growing, he I, could not stomach I, growing up cheering for the Leafs and he, uh, he's not let me forget that. No, no, did he grow up in Ontario? No, he grew up in Manitoba. Okay, so and pre-Jets, obviously. Yeah, well before the Jets hit, but once they came in, he uh, he grew a little bit of appreciation again. So he's he started to turn back into the Jets, and he's really hoping they take the Leafs out in four in round one. Have a good newscast, David. Thanks, brother. Take care, Reed. 630 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.